Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I mentioned Colin Powell has passed away. Um, if you don't know who that is, he was uh, Secretary of State under George W. Bush at the time of the Iraq War. And he was instrumental in convincing the country, hey, this is a good idea because Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction, which turned out he did not. And he's about to use them. He was a black guy. I only mention that because he was the first black Secretary of State to be followed by the second black Secretary of State, by the way, also under George W. Bush. Uh, that gets racist, no- racist Republicans. Um, the world lost one of the greatest leaders that we have ever witnessed, says current Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, about his longtime mentor Colin Powell, following Colin Powell's death at age 84 from COVID. But him saying him one of the greatest leaders we have ever witnessed, I might have to look more into that. I don't actually know that much about Colin Powell's background from his military days. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to know more about the man, too. It's a shame, whether it's uh, musical artists or... Or whatever. Often they don't come to your attention or aren't like they really grab your attention until they've passed. I got I got to do this because it's my brand. Um, oh boy, what is my brand around celebrity deaths? Poo pooing them, something dismissive. I don't know. I gotta say, Colin Powell, who was often uh, his name thrown around running for president because he was admired by both Republicans and Democrats. The media loved him and everything like that. One of the reasons he had that vibe is he never answered a question. I used to talk about that all the time. They'd ask him something, and he'd do this and this, but on the other hand, this. He would never take a stand on anything in any interview. So I think that's one of the reasons he never rubbed anybody the wrong way. He never answered a question. Maybe that was his greatest skill. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And I think he could have gotten elected president. I think he'd have gotten a lot. I think I don't know, but I think he'd have gotten a lot of the black vote as a black guy, and uh, he did. He was a very comfortable Republican for a lot of Democrats, and of course, he'd get all the Republican votes. So I think he'd sure. have been tough to beat. But his wife was worried about an assassination if he if he if he tried to run. I think she was a couple duck decades out of step with America. But I would agree. I would agree. The standard of protection even then was. You know, pretty airtight, but well. And the idea, as we learned with Barack Obama, the idea of a, a black president is just not as the same. No, as it no. was back in the '60s. Yep, but she was from a different generation. Anyway, Colin Powell has passed. He was fully uh, vaccinated, but 84 years old, and complications from the vid got him. God, I'm looking up. So at they the, say. I'm looking up at the scene from uh, when he gave that speech to the UN. That we aired live on our show, and there's George Tenet, the. Uh, director of the CIA, right over his shoulder, looking at his notes as Colin Powell talking about the weapons of mass destruction and the mobile sarin gas labs and all that different stuff that all turned out to be false. Really so, something. On a different topic, coming up, dueling headlines from uh, the Wall Street Journal, Dave Chappelle may help tame wokeness, and from the insufferably woke USA Today, Netflix's, Netflix's support of Dave Chappelle is setting a dangerous precedent. Oh, boy. All right. And we got to talk about the video that they played at churches all around Virginia of Kamala Harris telling people to go vote for Terry McCullough. If that doesn't violate the whole uh, tax exemption thing, then I guess we just don't care about that. But more on that on the way. Wow. Also. Wow. Interesting. Okay. 
So this is from the uh, the WAPO, uh, Catherine Rample, uh, her column. Inconvenient but true, Americans want government to do less, not more. And she's writing in the context of the uh, the Biden administration's wish to be the new LBJ and have a new New Deal or Great Society and fundamentally change the country, blah, blah, blah. Trying to act as if they have a giant uh, mandate when they have no mandate whatsoever. Uh, but she points out, that since 1992, Gallup has been asking whether government should do more to solve the country's problems. I'll get more into the specific word, wording because it matters. But late last year, the share answering in the affirmative, affirmative surged. For the first time ever, more than half of respondents said they wanted more from their government. Uh, for context, the previous peak was shortly after 9-11 when the share touched 50%. So it was 54% said, yes, we want the government to do more, but... Do more? Is that just a an open-ended question, or they didn't, do they narrow it down? No, it's it's pretty darn open-ended. Okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll scroll down. Of course, I, I, would, I would never have answered that question, yes, really, no matter how you narrow it down, but... But she points out that the uh, the main reason for that answer is that uh, it was in the midst of COVID killing so many people, and the testing was was it was not coming together. Uh, they are still working on the vaccine. Uh, the the CDC's tests were crap. Um, you know, the policies were changing constantly. So people said, "Yeah, we need the uh, government to to do more." But they meant specifically, it would appear, in terms of COVID nineteen. Ah, so fast forward to today. Gallup conducted this poll again a month ago, and here are, here's the way it's specifically worded. Some people think the government is trying to do too many things that should be left to individuals and businesses. Others think that government should do more to solve our country's problems. Which comes closer to your own view? So they present them with two pretty fairly worded views. Do you, do you, are you okay with the wording on those? Sure. Okay, so um, the the previous numbers, and of course they don't have the specific... Oh, they do. Yeah, okay. Uh, at its peak in August of 2020, it was do more 54 to 31. But they just took the poll, like I said, a month ago, and doing too much leads 52 to 43. So it's completely flip-flopped. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so by you a pretty good share, more Americans are saying the government does too much. You wouldn't guess that from uh, the cathedral, the mainstream media. Yeah, yeah. Well, they say, understandably, the public demanded more for, from the government if there are no atheists in a foxhole, there are fewer libertarians in a pandemic. Mm. Um so we're getting much closer to the average. But interestingly, respondents of all political persuasions, Democrats included, expressed weaker support for ambitious government than they had a year earlier. Independents showed the biggest decline. Only 38% said they want government to do more, down from 56% in 2020. So it's an enormous drop, 18 points. So from the perspective of the Biden administration and the would-be uh, you know, complete reformers of the American society, you have, obviously, you're not going to have the Republicans' uh, uh, support. They've declined uh, 7% to, it looks to be about 17%, think the government should do more. Independence, it's only 38%. And Democrats are down from a peak of 82% to about 77%. So three-quarters of Democrats still think the government should do more, more, more. But, boy, they are on an island. 
And Gallup's not the only pollster documenting such patterns. Pew Research Center also found that Americans' demand for more robust government reached a high watermark in August, last August, and has receded significantly um, since then. I'm looking at support for funding select programs in Dems' budget bill. Um, universal pre-K for children, which is just free child care. Uh, two-thirds like it. Uh, actually, free community college, uh, 60% like it. Medical coverage, Medicare coverage for dental, eye, and hearing, 84% like it. Lowering Medicare prescription drug prices, 88% like it. Yeah, well, that gets to the whole issue polling thing that I was talking about last week, that it's so freaking maddening. If you pose it as, would you like this free stuff? Yeah, you'll get 80% of people to say yes. If you would make an explanation to them of this is how it gets paid for, and this is the people who's going to have to pay for it, and whose taxes are going to go up, your numbers would drop a lot. Right, right. Absolutely right. Recent poll from CBS News found that only 10% of respondents claim to know a lot of specific details about what's in the Democratic huge legislation. Which reminded me, Hanson, Michelangelo, we need to make our new go-to Nancy Pelosi clip the one where she said, well, you need to do a better job of selling it when she yelled at the media last week over this issue because they brought up these poll numbers and she yelled at the, the reporters in the room who carry water for the Democratic Party in a way that's just unconscionable. And you need to do a better job of selling it. Oh, really? So that's the whole deal. I like it. Any time a Democratic uh, uh, policy is not going through, it's because it just wasn't sold correctly. Obviously, it's a good idea. That goes without saying. It's sure. just the selling of it that hasn't been. The, the messaging around it hasn't been proper. The, the, we don't even need to discuss whether it's a good idea, because obviously it is. You know, I've got to find this piece. It was um, They were talking about, it was a similar topic, but they had uh, big-time Democratic activists saying, look, they were, oh, now I know what it was. It was uh, in that, that uh, discussion of, uh, what's his face, David Shore, the great uh, rock star lefty pollster, um, talking about his theory is that the, the Democrats are losing support because their policies aren't popular. They're emphasizing uh, the wrong things. But this gal who's the founder of a progressive communications firm, she's a real Democratic activist. She thinks he's wrong because, and I'll quote, it's almost laughable to me the notion that what people think about Democrats is made out of what Democrats say. What she's trying to say is the voters they really need have no idea what any policies are. You're wasting your time trying to sell policies to the unwashed common voter, particularly the Democrat voter. You got to sell them on a mood. You got to sell them on personalities because they don't have a single clue what policies they're voting for, which I thought was a rather uh, striking disclosure or admission. I suppose you're excited like I am that the New Jersey Sky won their first WNBA championship. Or Chicago I it was the Sky. Chicago Sky. I, I didn't know it was Sky. happening. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. Congratulations to them. Um, is anybody still following Gabby Petito at all? That story? One mm. brief nugget in case you are. Dude's sister. Dude who probably killed Gabby. Dude's mm-hmm. sister said she doesn't know if her parents are involved in the disappearance of her brother. That's an interesting answer. Wow. Wow. Well, I know she was buds with Gabby. And I certainly get the idea there's a little dysfunction in the laundry family. I'd say so. Some dirty laundry among the laundries. To not say, of course my parents wouldn't aren't involved. Of course not. No, I don't know. They could be. I don't know. <laughs> um, we've got a bunch of things we need to talk to in uh, 
talk about coming up. It, is your teenage daughter developed a tick from a particular TikTok video? Apparently, this is a problem. Yeah, fascinating story. Plus, I got to pay off the rodents the size of St. Bernard's. Are they coming for you and your loved ones? Probably. <laughs> Stay with us. The Armstrong and Getty Show. DC Comics announced that the new Superman will be bisexual. Yes, they uh, also announced that the Riddler has always been down for whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Hey there, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Did a Kamala Harris video they played in churches yesterday cross the line of, well, you don't get to have tax-exempt status if you're going to do this. I certainly think so. Well, we'll play you the video and then read the section of the law, and you make the decision. Wow, I love it. You make the call. Plus, St. Bernard-sized rodents menacing (laughs) affluent gated communities. Who's next? So teenage girls across the globe have been showing up in doctor's offices with ticks. Not the blood-sucking insect. Oh, that'd be awful. But this is awful. This is awful, too. A a tick like a jerking movement. Physical jerking movements and verbal outbursts since the start of the pandemic. So this was all around the world. It was happening. And at such unbelievable levels, um, hospitals where they wouldn't see one a month were having ten a month. Johns Hopkins, uh, they had, uh, or here's a Texas hospital reported seeing approximately 60 teens with these ticks, whereas they would normally see one or two a year. Um, and trying to figure out why. And so the fact that it started at the beginning of the pandemic made a lot of people think, okay, well, it's got something to do with either isolation or not getting to go to school or uh, Zoom classes or who knows what it is, or is it a COVID symptom or whatever it is. Well, then they figured out that it was likely what they all had in common is a particular TikTok videos or set of TikTok videos around the hashtag Tourette's. This particular uh, set of videos have 4.8 billion views worldwide. That's hard to wrap your head around. If it's just teen girls, 4.8 billion views. Right. And they're watching the TikTok videos of people with and talking about their physical movements. And then the girls are ending up with them themselves and ending up in the doctor's office. By the way, I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. This is not uh, Weekly World News or something like that. This This is an actual problem. Well, yeah, I was interested that Johns Hopkins, their Tourette Center, they'd um, they'd see two to three percent of their pediatric patients describe acute onset tick-like behaviors. Two to three percent. This year, it's ten to twenty percent. So obviously, something's going on. Yeah, there is a belief that the pandemic may be playing a role, along with the hashtag Tourette's videos, in that maybe with the level of depression and isolation. Uh, these teen girls are more susceptible to this sort of thing, uh, whether it's just kind of plain old-fashioned wanting attention or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll I'll say this uh, about boys and girls, having spent a lot of time raising them and Stop coaching them. And- using gendered language. <laughs> to describe boys and girls? They're <laughs> going to be... It's going to be quite the tap dance. All right. Uh, Joe is claiming there's a difference between boys and girls. I'll just let him have to deal with the repercussions. Go ahead. 
Wow, I'd, I'd be delighted to. Um, so, uh, you know, among boys, teenage boys, adolescent males in short, everybody knows that they engage in risk-taking behavior, competitions, sometimes fisticuffs, bragging, you know, insulting each other. It's, it's just the way they bond, the way they assert themselves, the way they figure out who they are, how they fit in, and, and often... Adolescent males, teenage boys are obnoxious, myself included, as they find their way to adulthood. Young women, adolescent women, girls, often bonding and association and groups and social units, social cohesion are so important to them. They're super impressionable on picking up on each other's habits. On, on wanting to belong and wanting to show that they're part of the group. And yeah, so it's, you know, we've heard about it with suicide, which is, which is horrifying. We've heard it with the transgender becoming a trade, uh, a craze rather with, with adolescent girls. It happened with pregnancy in uh, my school when I was younger. Right. Well, it's the same in this. They see this. They want attention. They want to belong. And, and, and one person starts doing it. Then the other one does it. And it's just it's adolescent girls being the way they are. Played it's a psychosomatic. Role, played a role in the Salem witch trials also. Right. So they think, yeah. Uh, uh, this one girl did five weeks of intensive therapy to try to get over it. That's that's rough. Um. So... I don't know what you do. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess if your teenage girl has this, it, it's helpful to know that it could be the video and not some horrible disease that's beset them. All right. I'd intended to pay off the giant rodent story. I'll give you this much. It's not in the United States. Oh, thank God. But these rodents, they're guinea pigs the size of St. Bernard's. Armstrong <laughs> and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Former Secretary of State Colin Powell has died. He was 84 years old. Powell was the first black Secretary of State and came to be known for his military leadership during the Gulf War. Again, former Secretary of State Colin Powell has died at the age of 84. So it's being mentioned in every newscast that he had COVID. In fact, I've heard it stated that he died of COVID. He also was being treated for multiple myeloma, which has taken a family member of mine. That is a uh, horrible thing to have, and he is 84 years old. And is, That is a cancer, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How often? Remember, we did that thing not that long ago that 50% of hospitalizations in one hospital they looked at, of uh, hospitalizations with COVID, were they went in for something else. They were in the mm. hospital for a different reason. They happened to, when they were in the hospital, they got tested and it turned out they had COVID. That's not what they went in. How many of the deaths of the 700,000 deaths are people like this? You're 84, you got multiple myeloma, you're being treated for it at the time, and you die with COVID. Right. Complications from COVID. That's kind of vague when you're that sick. Yeah, we'll never know. No. We'll never know. The, the, the stats are so fudgy. The, the, the standards for collecting them, the, the, the terminology used, the way they're compiled, the, the, they come in much later from one place than another. It's so hard to have any serious data to rely on. Oh, speaking of uh, COVID, it occurs to me, I made a big deal of old Dr. Fauci with his incredibly self-serving hauling himself up on the cross answer for Chris Wallace during his show yesterday. Maybe we'll hit that next segment, uh, if you can hang on. I want to pay this off real quickly. I was tempted to say... 
folks, if you have a 5 to 13-year-old girl, have them gather around the radio. Uncle Joe's going to gonna tell a story but then i thought now we probably can't keep the correct tone slash you know pg rating that we're just bad at that Uh, (laughs) but what we're discussing here is 140 pound guinea pigs essentially Uh, picture a guinea pig you said rats the size of saint bernard's earlier and i was wondering no i said rodents how big a trap am i gonna need and what am i gonna (laughs) use for bait a big one and a ham is the answer <laughs> another the rodents you may have seen them at the zoo it's they're capybaras they're from south america in this case argentina the problem is there's this expensive exclusive gated community where ceos and models and just successful business people live they built it on a wetlands that was the the home of these capybaras and they are and we'll have a link at armstrongandgetty.com under hot links i'm not sure if you can read the whole article but at least you can see the pictures they have pictures of these things running around and they are like ginormous guinea pigs they look just like them, but they're the size of a St. Bernard, 140 pounds. Would they make a good pet, or would they eat you in your sleep? I don't know. They say they're very mellow, unless they get scared or angry or whatever. And then they um, eat you in your sleep. Exactly. Picture a guinea pig the size of a St. Bernard with chompers like a beaver, an insatiable herbivore appetite, and double XL sides droppings. They roam oh. about in record numbers, munching on manicured lawns and scuffling with family pets. Hadn't even thought about the droppings. Well, right, and they run around. There's the size of St. Bernard's, and there are a lot of them. And they mentioned people get into, like, car wrecks and bike wrecks, coming around a corner, and there's three copy bears in the road, and they hit them and fly off their bikes and stuff. Uh, in August, is a, okay, so that's a bike wreck, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm not anti-capybara. I want to scratch their cute little bellies as much as anyone else. Says a real estate broker, longtime resident, 62 years old. Problem is their population is out of control and people are too scared to do anything. So there is a place in our very hemisphere where they have 140-pound guinea pigs running around and you're not allowed to do anything about it. Frightening. <laughs> I guess. I really want to go to South America. I don't know why I don't. Nobody's I stopping should. you. No, nobody is. I just uh, they're, uh, South, South America is a very big place. You going to narrow it down or? Uh, yeah, probably. It's like saying you're going to go to Africa. I mean, where the hell are you going to go? It's a good point. I don't know. Maybe uh, Argentina? Yeah. Uh, Peru? Uh, Chile? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, it's, but I think South America is underappreciated. We, they're right in our, con- in our uh, you know, hemisphere. They're close by. They're neighbors. We should move all our manufacturing there away from dirty, dirty, commie China, etc. And I'll go, I'll go, go ride a capybara. Well, maybe I'll bring one home and, and, and breed it and turn it loose into the wild. That couldn't go wrong. So there's a governor election a week from tomorrow. We don't pay attention to local elections much on the Armstrong and Getty show. Except when they're a bellwether for blah, blah, blah. I don't believe in bellwethers. I just really don't believe in it. Um, it never pans out. And no, it doesn't make any sense is the problem. So I was, I, was, I was listening to a podcast about the Virginia governor election, which, as I said, is a, is a week from tomorrow. And one of my favorite pundits was asking another one of my favorite pundits, um, do you think the voters are going to try to send a message that Joe Biden isn't this? Or do you think the voter? And the other person said, I've never voted like that in my life. And I thought, yay, one for my team. I Do you vote in your local elections that you're trying to send a message to a party or a president? Or do you just vote for whoever you like the best? Right. I, yeah, so I just, I don't buy any of this crap. 
anyway, that aside, there is an election in Virginia that's getting a lot of attention because that's where a lot of the media and politicians uh, live. Uh, near, near the Washington, D.C. area. They live in the Virginia, state of Virginia. So Terry McAuliffe, who's one of the biggest political hacks in America, is uh, going to try to be governor again. He's the Democrat, and he's in a close race. You might want to remember that Gavin Newsom was in a close race until he won by 30 points. or We had an early dinner. <laughs> anyway, um, I thought this was interesting. This is the sort of thing that would have flown under the radar pre-internet. So when I was growing up, we sang in the choir at Oakland's 23rd Avenue Church of God. And we were taught that it was our sacred responsibility to raise our voice and lift up the voices of our community. So Virginians, you have the opportunity now to raise your voice through your vote. Because it's election time. In 2020, more Virginians voted than ever before. And because you did, you helped send President Joe Biden and me to the White House. This year, I know that you will send Terry McAuliffe back to Richmond. Very carefully worded as a lawyer would. So David French of the French Press, a writer for the Dispatch, he uh, tweeted out yesterday, this is a very bad idea. Oh, I didn't didn't get a chance to mention, because we played the clip before I queued it. Uh, I didn't get a chance to mention that video for Kamala Harris was played in 300 churches across Virginia yesterday. She recorded this video and they played him in the church, either during service or before the service or whatever. David French mentioned this is a very bad idea, the blatant mixing of religion and politics. Not only does it sully religion, it escalates polarization to increasing religious conflict. Yeah, there's that. And is it just flat out illegal? So you can't advocate for a particular party or candidate, or issue in churches, in theory, or you lose your tax-exempt status. Churches get to take in all this money and spend all this money. They don't have to pay taxes because they're a tax-exempt organization. We hear the actual rules, and you heard what she said there about sending Terry McAuliffe to the governor's mansion or whatever. Certain activities or expenditures may not be prohibited in churches, depending on the facts and circumstances. For example, certain voter education activities, including the presentation of public forums and the publication of voter education guides is okay, conducted in a nonpartisan manner, do not constitute prohibited political campaign activity. In addition, other activities intended to encourage people to participate and the electoral process, such as voter registration and get-out-the-vote drives, would not constitute prohibited campaign activity if conducted in a nonpartisan matter. On the other hand, I'm reading straight from the law, voter education or registration activities, activities with evidence of bias that A, would favor one candidate over another, or B, oppose a candidate in some manner, or C, have the effect of favoring a candidate or group of candidates will constitute prohibited participation or intervention. I don't, know, I don't know how the hell that is not clearly in violation of that. Open and shut. I think so. But is anybody going to call him on that? Hmm. Well, you'd think, you know, neutral uh, law enforcement forces would say, look, it's none of my business who's advocating for what or how, what effect this will have on the uh, on the elections going forward or whatever. I see a violation of the law. We're prosecuting. We're dealing with it. Or I, it's not prosecution per se. It's a tax matter. But you'd think the IRS would say, no, it's a cut and dried violation. You're in violation. You lose your tax exempt status. You know, and it's maybe the particular kind of person I am. Like we've been saying for years, if I'm at a concert, I don't want to hear my favorite singer or guitar player say a single thing about politics, even if it's in you know in agreement with me. 
I don't want to hear it. If I'm in church and you run a video from a politician advocating for another politician, I'm booing and walking out. I don't even care if it's for my side. Boo! This isn't why I got dressed up and came here. Right. Keep the politics out of this church, I would say. Well, and he's such a soulless hack, too. Oh, I mean, my he God. is just a money grubbing, cynical, soulless political piece of crap. I so the it. idea that, that they'd be advocating for him in God's house, I mean, the, you can't possibly say, well, it's because he's been so important in the blah, blah, blah. No, he's yeah. a hack. I got to say, I don't know anything about the Republican and what he's like either. But, uh, yeah, just this, the, the stereotypical everything that's wrong with politicians is this guy. And you got Kamala Harris, they're running a video of her in 300 churches in Virginia. Wow. Talking about how important it is that you get Terry McAuliffe to vote. That's just so uncool. Well, that's explicitly partisan. I would think so. So who prosecutes that? Does the IRS have to go after you that? Know, I, I don't know how far various evangelical churches have gone and terms of advocating for trump i know that's been a uh, a close call in a lot of churches across the country too but I, I don't i just don't want that in church well and it's not a good look for anybody i mean if say uh you know the what's his name the the republican or his people or somebody went after hundreds of churches to try to yank their tax exempt status it's not a great look right it's like when uh, obama sued the little sisters of the poor i mean it's just are you kidding me yeah you're probably right I just I I think it's a law with no teeth because there's nobody willing to enforce it or do anything. Unlike about it. those giant guinea pigs you were talking about. Oh yeah, there's one a couple talks about they came home their dog had a bite taken out of them. Teeth like beavers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um is Dave Chappelle becoming a major cultural leader in this country? We might have to talk about that at some point. Absolutely. I have those dueling headlines, how Netflix support shows that we're moving beyond the woke terror and the USA Today, which is insufferably woke lately, saying that support for Dave Chappelle is, is terrible. It's awful. I want to hear that. I'd love to, to believe that the woke terror is over, but I don't think so. Plus, Dr. Fauci, who's beginning to think he's Jesus or something. <laughs> Talking about why he thinks he's controversial. Get your vomit bucket ready, folks. You're going to need it. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the the spy who put together the so-called dossier that started the whole Russia investigation and Trump and all that mess that I'd rather not think about ever again in my life has done his first interview with George Stephanopoulos, and we have some of the highlights mm. to kick off our Timely. <laughs> I think there's a reason he's doing it now. Yeah. So weak. I, I haven't seen any of this stuff. I'm kind of anxious to hear it, honestly. It's weak. Be setting your mouth oh, is for it? weak. Is it? Okay. All right. Yeah, not surprisingly. What a load of crap. Anyway, speaking of loads of crap, uh, so I'm watching uh, Fox News Sunday forcing myself on a beautiful afternoon. And there's Chris Wallace talking to Dr. Fauci. And uh, and, and uh, Wallace, now, he asks him, why do you think he's uh, controversial? Now, if I asked y'all, 
you know, or Jack, I ask you, why Why is Fauci controversial? Why do people get a little feisty when you bring him up? What would you say? Well, he's admitted himself that he tells what he calls white lies because he doesn't think the public is ready for certain information. I mean, that an- alone is enough to dislike the guy. Right. Wildly inconsistent, even while spouting 100% confidence. He was uh, tied up with the Peter Daszak, who horrifically, scandalously organized that email, that letter, all those eminent scientists saying it couldn't possibly have been a leak from the communist lab, which covered up for the communist Chinese and may have killed millions of people. Anyway, so that, he's tied that, up in that. Well, he had that news cycle just last week where he clearly said uh, it's too early to say whether we should be able to gather for Christmas. And then when he was called, on, I didn't say that. The right wing media went out and uh, misinterpreted my uh, the, the things I said. Took it out of context. All right. right exactly. Damn lying right wingers. Exactly. Well, in clip 33, Chris asks him, why are you controversial? What do you wait? Wait till you hear his answer. Two questions. Why do you think? You've become so controversial, and honestly, do you think there's anything you have done that has contributed to that? Well, I'm not so sure I can answer the latter, because I can't think of anything, but I'm sure some people will. But, you know, Chris, I have stood for always making science, data, and evidence be what we guide ourselves by. And I think people who feel differently, who have conspiracy theories, who deny reality that's looking them straight in the eye, those are people that don't particularly care for me. And that's understandable, because what I do, and I try very hard, is to be guided by the truth. And sometimes the truth becomes inconvenient for some people, so they react against me. That just is what it is. There's not much I can do about that. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. So if you're if you're critical of Fauci, you don't like Fauci, it's because you're a conspiracy theorist who denies science and the truth. Hail Fauci. I wish, Wallace would have, Fauci. I wish Wallace would have followed up with, well, you yourself said the public wasn't ready for certain information, and that's why you said herd immunity would be at, I forget what he said originally, 60-70%, when it really is more like 80 or 90%. And you said, well, the public wasn't ready for those numbers, so I had to tell a little white lie to try to bring the public along slowly. Don't play that game. Oh, my All right? gosh. The guy is insufferable. He so has to go. He's got the James Comey syndrome. He feels like only he can save the world, and he's smarter than everybody, and knows how to manipulate things in a in a way that we can under, we the stupid people can understand. Right, right. Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Indeed. God, why won't he go away? What would it uh. take for me? To, that's what I want for Christmas: Anthony Fauci to go away. He didn't have to die or anything. I just want him to retire. I just don't want to hear from him anymore. Any chance we can get those uh, bearded fat guys from Michigan to kidnap him and bring him to, I don't know, some somewhere nice. I mean, like, I don't know, uh, even a resort. Bring him to the Greenbrier in West Virginia or something like that. Something nice. The bring, beard- him to, bring him to Scottsdale and let him play golf. But he just doesn't get to say anything anymore. The bearded fat guys from Michigan. Right. That's funny. Three quarters of whom were FBI agents. Might have been more. I don't even know. Um <laughs> Oh, you know, I was going to, well, we got more important things to talk about, but I was so amused by it. The, uh, who was it? Was it the Babylon Bee, I think, put together a video of uh, a militia holding their top secret meeting in the basement, and and one by one by one, they each uh, identify, pull a gun and identify themselves as FBI, till it turns out every single one of them in the plot was an FBI agent. 
which I thought was pretty That's going to happen at some point, I think. Or, yeah, it might as well. Yeah, we barely have time for this. I just the, uh, the Wall Street Journal had a couple of pieces talking about the whole woke witch hunt culture that we're living with right now in terms of Dave Chappelle and Netflix standing by him. And is it just because he's huge and makes lots of money or are they actually dedicated to artistic freedom? And of course, the, uh, a couple of columnists in the, the Wall Street Journal come down on the side of freedom. But the USA Today, which is so insufferably woke, I uh, had this headline, Netflix support of Dave Chappelle is setting a dangerous precedent, and here's why. And they're essentially buying the whole idea that he's uh, um, intentionally offensive and he's hurtful and it just, it's not a safe space. And just because he's successful doesn't mean he should get get to cause harm. Words cause direct harm. And they're dangerous, and so they need to be limited. The USA Today is anti-free speech. They are repeatedly. Anytime I get a news alert from the USA Today, I know I'm going to have to roll my eyes. (laughs) They have moved so far to the woke. According to a study by the American Academy of Pediatrics, on-screen violence causes increased aggressive thoughts and behaviors, as well as decreased empathy. The same could be said of hate speech whether it's by politicians, celebrities, or people you know. So they immediately go to hate speech, and that it's damaging, physically hurts people, and therefore should be limited, should be cracked down upon. This is the McPaper saying this crap. He's not a safe space, so comedians, uh, comedy special has to be a safe space? Yes. Or is there going to be some unfunny... Uh, comedy specials, if uh, if you're not allowed to make fun of anything, because that's kind of the root of comedy. Speech is violence. If you don't watch out, we're going to have a mostly peaceful demonstration. Armstrong and Getty.